James Kennedy Ministries presents Truths That Transform. Darwin's theory of evolution may just be the most destructive theory in the history of mankind. But is it true? So as we study the universe, as we look at the heavens, we see the order. We see a God that created things. As we study the earth, we see that God has been there. Discover what's wrong with Darwin's theory and how real science leads us to God on today's Truths That Transform. Welcome to Truths That Transform, a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries where we are standing for truth and defending your freedom. For about a century now, school children have been taught that human beings originated from single-celled organisms and that we are merely accidental products of a blind evolutionary process. And yet we are surprised when these children then walk into schools and commit massacres. We marvel at a society that is splitting apart with individuals increasingly becoming isolated and angry. And we struggle to keep up with the new arbitrary rules generated by elites that tell us our genders are just products of our mind to be molded and changed at will. All of this is sadly predictable, and all of it is based on a false view of reality, one that excludes God. On today's program, you will discover what science actually tells us about God. And we begin by meeting some people who have dedicated themselves to rescuing children by teaching them the true science about where we came from. Our own David Wright has more. Tom DeRosa of the Creation Studies Institute has dedicated his entire life to teaching God's truths. He and his team are working hard to counter the prevailing atheistic ideology that flows out of evolution. Creation Studies Institute is an organization that affirms the Word of God. We want to reach the world of the truth of creation and the gospel of Jesus Christ. In our schools today, kids are being taught evolution, being taught things that are hypothetical, the things that just, we kind of have the evidence, but when you look at the evidence, they're looking at it saying, wait, wait, wait. So they start questioning the rationality behind this. There is part of us that's saying, how can we come from chance? How can we come from random happenings? God is a God of order. He created an orderly universe. Science supports this kind of universe, of universal law. Once we dismantle that, we take it away, then we have chaos and everything goes. The Creation Studies Institute holds an annual event called the Weird and Wacky Summer Camp with the purpose of teaching kids about God and the idea of intelligent design. What's behind us is the Weird and Wacky Science Camp from a creation's perspective. We have students here who are learning about God's creation. We want to make an impression upon them. They have to see that God and creation is connected that science is God's. Science and God come together, and that's what this camp is all about. All the exhibits here at the Creation Discovery Museum 
center on evidence that supports God as a creator. Over here, we have a display of an Ice Age herd of mammoths. Now, the Ice Age occurred, we believe, uh, from the worldwide flood. We believe the, the worldwide flood gave us conditions to have an Ice Age. These are fossils that come from um, the northern part of Brazil near the Amazon. That's a fish, perfectly preserved. It speaks of a worldwide catastrophe. When you are able to show the attributes of God, the traits of God, that God is all powerful, He's all knowledgeable, they're de dealing with these things and saying, wow, look, that comes from God. They get excited about God. They experience God. I've learned a lot of things about God. I've learned that He always cares for us. The people here really go into detail for um, us to understand who Jesus is. I learned like the ways to understand between evolution and what God created. The idea of all our activities is that we want people, kids, especially kids, to be able to get excited about God so they can experience Him. Once they experience Him, they'll remember it forever. Today, evolution is widely accepted as an indisputable scientific fact, and even taught in public schools. When in truth, it is nothing more than an unproven theory. What changed in the late 1850s? Darwin's origin of species, the theory of evolution. No new evidence, just a whole new theory to which everything had to conform. Evolution is an idea, and a lot of people are taught that it's science and it's part of the scientific method, but it's an idea, it's an ideology. And those who embrace this ideology under the guise of science is false, it's a myth. It's not just about an idea of, you know, one kind of animal changing into another. It's not just an idea of ape-like creatures supposedly changing into people. It's much more than that. It's really a whole way of thinking. It's really a philosophy of life. Actually, I would say it's really a religion to explain life without God. Proponents of evolution claim that science and the Bible are incompatible. However, most of the founding fathers of modern science were men of faith. The history of science traces back to this uh, Christian motivation to learn about God's creation. Scientists were birthed out of Christianity. We all are familiar with Isaac Newton. And um, Sir Isaac Newton uh, spent more time writing about uh, the Bible and the prophecies of Daniel uh, than he did on science. These scientists didn't believe that nature was just a cosmic accident. Instead, they believed it was designed by a creator. Science arises out of Christians who believe the universe is understandable because it's created by a God uh, who loves order and beauty and who made it the way it is and made it in a way that we can understand it. All the early Renaissance scientists uh, that you're reading about in your textbook, and, uh, textbooks in, astro in astronomy, uh, were strong believers in design such as Copernicus and Kepler and Galileo and Isaac Newton and Boyle and Maxwell. All these were uh, strong believers in a design universe, um, and it's only recently that that trend has, has changed. These forefathers of modern science noted that much of the evidence for creation can be found all around us. When we look in terms of the Earth, uh, we see that um, there is order. Um, we see that when we look at the rocks, when you look at the Earth's crust, 
Most of it is sedimentary rock. How did that sedimentary rock get there? That sedimentary rock, we believe, was caused by a worldwide flood. The Bible points to that very clearly. When we look in terms of the idea uh, of man himself, man is extremely well endowed, gifted by God. He literally can think, he has emotions, he has a moral conscience, uh, he's able to be creative. We look in terms of the idea of the universe, the idea of planets and the idea of stars and the idea uh, Isaac Newton said, hey, how could this happen? Uh, there had to be an intelligent designer when we look in terms of the laws. The laws of the universe are carried out here on Earth. They're the same. So as we study the universe, as we look at the heavens, we see the order. We see a God that created things. As we study the Earth, we see that God has been there. While evidence for creation abounds, many point out the gaping holes in Darwin's theory. And there's this idea today that if you see new species forming, that that's evolution and that's what Darwin was talking about. But, but see, Darwin was talking about much more than that. He was saying because we see changes happening in dogs or cats or pigeons or whatever it is, finches and so on, that given enough time, then you can change one kind into a totally different kind and that's a whole different matter. In fact, if you take Darwin's finches, there's just been uh, some research done to show that within, what, 16, 17 years, there's been a new species of finch formed. And by the way, it's still a finch, it's still a bird. And that's the whole point. So you can form new species. And you'll find that even today, when people are asked in universities, what's your best example of evolution? They'll give some example of speciation or Darwin's finches, but not an example where you get one kind changing into a whole different kind, like reptiles to birds or uh, something like that. That's what you don't see. Tom DeRosa and the Creation Studies Institute continue to do the important work of rescuing these younger generations from the grips of Darwin's dangerous ideology. If you don't have parents that raise you with the idea of God, you're going to fall into this atheistic paradigm. We're going to have young people looking at a world that's very different. Modern people are under the impression that science has disproved the so-called God hypothesis, believing God to have been made irrelevant or non-existent by science, people have instead sought out to invent their own identity and meaning. Now men can be women, women can be men, and marriage and family are whatever we want them to be. A civilization cannot long hold together against the societal acid of such relativism and individualism. But far from disproving God, science done correctly actually demonstrates his existence over and over again. Dr. Kennedy sheds greater light on this in his message, Evidence for God. Believers in the living God have always rejoiced in the fact that he has promised that he will be with us and never leave us, and that he will in fact work all things together for our good. And yet we know that through most of this century, the very idea that any God at all exists has been under a relentless attack. And so much so that this has been called 
the century of atheism. So today I thought we might want to look at the evidence for the existence of God, much less the existence of a providential caring father. One scientist by the name of James Reed put it this way, science is preparing a surprise for mankind. At least it will be a surprise for those who have doubts about the Bible and its God. It will also come as a surprise for those who are laboring under the misapprehension that science has undermined the Bible. In fact, it may even shock some scientists who may be startled to find out that their newly uncovered fact or accepted theory provides still another link in the chain of evidence that is showing that the facts of the universe support the Bible's statements, including creation. He goes on to say that for years he had endeavored to find support in science for the Bible and had not been able to do it using the Newtonian physics. But with the advent of quantum theory, quantum physics, quantum mechanics, in the 20th century, he has discovered more and more that the newly discovered facts of science support the teachings of the scripture and the belief in God. We have emerged into a new world where quantum theory has changed science almost completely and that these changes are moving in a direction of belief not unbelief. You probably learned in school about the nebular hypothesis, which is the hypothesis of Laplace concerning the formation of the solar system. I suppose most everybody went through science and college learned that. Well, I wonder how many of us ever heard this from Laplace. I never did. But listen to this notable scientist and astronomer who wrote a huge five-volume work on celestial mechanics, a man whose knowledge of the mechanics of the universe was absolutely encyclopedic, said this, quote, the proof in favor of an intelligent God as the author of creation stands as infinity to unity against any other hypothesis of ultimate causation. You understand what that means? The proof that God created the world stands as infinity to unity. That is, it's not possible, not possible to give a greater contrast than infinity to unity, to an infinite number to zero. And he said it is more infinitely more probable that a set of writing implements thrown promiscuously against a huge parchment would produce Homer's Iliad than that the creation was originated by any other cause than God. Now there are many other things that have shown the teleology or the purpose of the world in which we live and some of them are more commonplace than the ones that are being discovered now that are in these very esoteric realms of particle physics and astronomy. 
but just consider some rather close to down to earth concepts like the moon. Well, we all look at the moon, we admire the moon, we sing about the moon, the moon in June, and uh, it brings out tunes and all of that. But what does the moon really mean to us? Let me say this, if there were no moon, there'd be no you. Maybe you can make a song out of that. For example, the moon is God's maid for this earth. Made, M-A-I-D. It cleans up the oceans with its tides that it produces. Without those tides, without the moon, then all of our shores and all of our bays would be filled with billions of tons of garbage and stench and rotting. I want to tell you the best, the highest priced landscape would be as far from a seashore as you could get, especially on the leeward side. Furthermore, it mixes up the atmosphere and just as it works on the sea, it works on the atmosphere and mixes up the oxygen with the water in the waves breaking on the shore. When you watch the waves breaking on the shore, you're watching your lifeline in progress. That allows the water to be aerated, bringing air into the water, which is taken up by the plankton, which provides the basis, the ground level of the whole food chain without which we would all die. The moon, which just accidentally happens to be there and just accidentally happens to be the right size in the right place, the right distance away from the earth. How little we think of what God has done and continues to do every day for our lives. Or consider, on the other hand, the matter of dust. If it weren't for dust, you wouldn't be alive. Is that possible? Well, let's look at two things that dust does. One of them is merely cosmetic. If you go 25 miles straight up, there is no dust. Also, there's no blue sky. The sky is pitch black. It is dust in the atmosphere that makes the sky blue. Every drop of rain contains 8 million tiny droplets within one drop. And every one of those droplets is water gathered around a tiny speck of dust. If it weren't for dust, it would never rain. And if it never rained, this whole world would turn into a Sahara desert and all of us would die. So, thank God next time you dust your table or even sneeze. And certainly I'm as allergic to it as most people, I suppose, who are allergic to it. But thank God for it. So many things. You can go on and on and on and on. It's almost endless the way God has provided this nest for his creatures and how God maintains it and cares for it century after century. 
because he is a God that is working all things for our good. How marvelous indeed he is. Since the time of Darwin and even before him, we have been told that there is an unscalable wall between science and faith. Children have been taught that science disproves the Bible and that key tenets of the Christian faith, like the virgin birth and resurrection of Christ, are relics of a superstitious era that cannot remain plausible in an age of science. This is the popular account that has been held forth now for two centuries. And that account is flatly and unconditionally false. In reality, science continually demonstrates the truth of God because many modern scientists have a pre-commitment to atheism, they have to overlook or explain away this evidence. But it is there to be clearly seen by anyone who takes an honest look. Find out more in the booklet, Evidence for Creation, Intelligent Answers for Open Minds by Tom DeRosa. You met Tom a bit earlier in this program and he worked closely with Dr. Kennedy in establishing the Creation Studies Institute here in South Florida. In this booklet, Tom, an award-winning science teacher, demonstrates how evidence from astronomy, geology, biology, and history shows why Darwin's theory of evolution is at odds not just with Genesis, but with the facts of science itself. We will send it to you as our thanks for your generous donation to the ongoing work of this ministry. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11154, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339. Or call toll-free 877-962-7677. Or go online to djkm.org. In this important booklet, you will discover how physical laws support creation rather than evolution and how the fossil record contradicts Darwin's theory. You will also learn about the destructive social impact of evolutionary theory, which has resulted in the deaths of millions and much, much more. And if you're able to give a generous donation of $50 or more, we will send you the book plus the DVD of the acclaimed film, Is Genesis History? In this compelling documentary, Del Tackett of The Truth Project and over a dozen scientists explore the science behind the history recorded in Genesis. This eye-opening film will transform the way you see the world. Are the events recorded in the book of Genesis that describe the creation and early days of the earth meant to be taken as history? This powerful film argues yes and will bolster your faith through the testimony of scientists and biblical scholars. That's the booklet, Evidence for Creation, Intelligent Answers for Open Minds by Tom DeRosa as our thanks for your generous donation. And the booklet, plus the DVD documentary, Is Genesis History? Hosted by Del Tackett, 
as our thanks for your donation of $50 or more. Contact us right away for these vital resources that you will especially want to share with your children and grandchildren and anyone you know who is involved in public schools. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11154, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339, or call toll-free 877-962-7677, or go online to djkm.org. Because of sin, human beings suppress the truth in unrighteousness. We know this by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in Romans chapter 1. Yet truth relentlessly presents itself, and the God deniers have to continually work to push it back down. We see this with crystal clarity as it relates to the sanctity of human life. On the one hand, our culture affirms killing children in the womb as merely inert and inhuman products of conception. But at the same time, crews will work feverishly with the backing of governments day and night to attempt to rescue people crushed under a collapsed building or stranded on a remote mountainside. In protests around America, people are incensed at the wanton death of an unarmed man at the hands of a police officer, calling out Black Lives Matter. All of this is because we know deep in our hearts that human life is precious and irreplaceable, a gift from our Creator. Yet the modern academic paradigm tells us that human life is merely the product of matter, plus a lot of time and a whole lot of chance. And we teach that to our children in public schools. And then we wonder why as many as 100 people can be shot in one weekend in Chicago. The only way lives can truly matter is if they were created by God for a purpose, a God who rules over the universe and judges good and evil. If we are simply the chance products of a blind physical process, we are nothing more than elaborate germs. And one day, when all the heat of the universe eventually dissipates, none of it will matter. The Church of Evolution, begun by Charles Darwin, says that life is simply a physical struggle for survival, one that's won by the fittest. His disciple, Margaret Sanger, founder of Planned Parenthood's massive abortion mill, applied Darwin's theory to race, saying we must rid ourselves of human weeds. Sanger called for the extermination of blacks. In the same way, Adolf Hitler applied a Darwinian survival of the fittest paradigm to his crusade to establish the so-called master race and rid the world of what he deemed inferior people. Human life matters but it only matters because it's created by the living God in his own image. The terrible truth is today's self-appointed Marxist elites believe only some lives matter, setting themselves as arbiters of who lives and who dies. D. James Kennedy Ministries is standing for truth and defending your freedom. I'm Frank Wright. Thanks for being with us. And here's a look 
at the next truths that transform. If you read his letters and you, and you read his books, he was really out to try to explain life by natural processes. He was really out to try to get rid of this idea that God created anything. That's next week. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.